Good morning and welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Thursday, the 2nd of March. My name is John T. Warris. I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer. And coming up on today's show, we'll have an update on the iron ore market from our head of next generation research. And we'll also hear the latest takeaways from Julius Baer's investment committee. But before that, I'll start things off with a brief overview of what's been happening in the markets. Let's start in the US where bond and stock markets fell yesterday, ending slightly off their worst levels, as investors adjusted their outlook on peak rates after we saw a whole host of data highlighting persistent inflationary pressures. Markets reacted cautiously after Fed officials reinforced their hawkish stance yesterday. Atlanta Fed's Rafael Bostich called for continued rate increases to above 5% to ensure that inflation does not pick up again. Tech stocks, which are typically sensitive to interest rate increases, dragged the S&P 500 lower. Three of the S&P's 11 sectors returned a positive performance yesterday, with the outperformers being energy, which returned 1.9%, materials and industrials, while consumer discretionary, real estate and utilities detracted the most from performance. Over in Europe, bonds also fell yesterday as evidence mounted that further tightening will be needed to keep a grip on inflation. German inflation data showed an unexpected rise in February. This will cause something of a headache for the European Central Bank, as other countries in Europe are experiencing similar inflationary pressure. A 4% ECB terminal rate is now fully priced in, with rates forecast to rise over the next year. In fixed income, we saw rising yields yesterday. US Treasuries came under pressure, with the yield on the two-year gaining six basis points to 488 while the, year on, while the yield on the 10-year briefly topped the closely watched 4% level yesterday for the first time since November, before closing 7 bips up at 399. Germany's 10-year yield advanced 6 basis points to 271, while Britain's 10-year yield rose by 1 basis point to 384. Over to Asia now, where Asian equities are painting a mixed picture this Thursday morning, with several indices trading lower, led by declines in Hong Kong tech stocks and US equity futures, as traders continue to react to the more hawkish rhetoric from the Fed. The Korean Kospi was up 0.5%, the Nikkei, the ASX and the Shanghai Composite were all about flat, while the Hang Seng, the Topics and the Nifty were down by about 0.5% when I checked a moment ago. In currencies, we saw pretty uneventful trading over the day, with the US dollar gradually being dragged lower. The US dollar index finished up down 0.4%, showing the most weakness versus the Aussie and Kiwi dollar. The sterling cross fell 0.2% to 120, as did the euro US dollar cross to stand at 107. Taking a brief look at commodities, gold finished up 0.5 yesterday. Bitcoin futures were up 0.6%, and WTI crude settled up 0.8%, reversing its earlier losses. So, looking ahead to what's in store for us today, later this morning we will see Eurozone CPI and unemployment figures out. And a lot's riding on what the EU inflation figures for February will show later. Medium forecasts offer an annual figure of 8.2%, but there are risks to the upside following the surprises we've already seen from France, Spain, and Germany. A result of 8.5% or more could really shake the world of bonds. And companies reporting earnings and sales results today include semiconductor firm Broadcom, AB InBev, Universal Music, Schroders, and US tech firm VMware. A brief look at the futures board shows a sea of red, with stocks in Europe and the US set for a lower open today. So that's all from me for today. And I'm now pleased to welcome our head of next generation research, Carsten Menke, to the show, who has an update for us on commodities and more specifically, iron ore. Carsten, 
China's reopening has been one of the main stories in financial markets during the first few weeks of this year. How has it played out for industrial metals and more specifically for iron ore? Yes, John D, good morning. Uh, thanks very much for having me on the show here. Indeed, the metals rallied on the news uh, of the China reopening and uh, for iron ore, the timing could have not been any better. Prices typically show strength after the Chinese New Year holidays as construction and manufacturing activity picks up while supplies exhibit seasonal softness. This has bolstered the market mood and pushed prices to almost 130 US dollars per ton by the end of last month. While the Chinese economy will undoubtedly rebound this year, we have talked about this before, weakness in the all-important property sector should persist. Remember, the property market and adjacent sectors account for roughly or up to 25% of economic activity in China and is, of course, one of the dominant drivers of steel demand, which in turn drives iron ore demand. So why should this weakness in the property market persist? Well, that's mainly because of China's demographics. Last year, the population dropped for the first time since the 1960s, and it should continue to shrink going forward. At the same time, urbanization will slow, meaning that the demand for apartments will decline. Furthermore, the government has repeatedly emphasized that housing is for living in, not for speculation, which means that broad-based stimulus measures for the property market are very unlikely, even though efforts to stabilize the market will continue. But all in all, construction activity should remain muted, which means that there is not much upside for steel demand and iron ore demand. Meanwhile, manufacturing activity remained very resilient last year as China's factories were kept open and output of metals-containing products continued to grow. As a result, China's steel production as well as iron ore imports hardly showed any signs of a slowdown, recording the third highest volumes on record in 2022. Okay, so what you're saying is there's enough steel in China and they don't need to produce any more. Exactly. So steel and iron ore supplies should be more than sufficient to meet the demand of the rebound economy. Uh, furthermore, seaborne iron ore supplies from the world's largest exporters, which is Australia and Brazil, should also leave weather-related seasonal softness behind, further strengthening the case of a loosening of the market balance. So the current seasonal strength in prices should come to an end sooner rather than later. As this does not seem to be reflected in the very positive market mood, we see more downside than upside for prices going forward and consequently downgraded our view on iron ore to cautious. Back to you. Great. Thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts with us, Carsten. Also with us this morning, we have Nicola Jordan from our CIO Strategy and Investment Analysis team, who has all the latest for us from Julius Baer's Investment Committee, the bank's strategy setting body. Over to you, Nicola. Yeah, thank you, John T. And good morning, everyone. Well, discussions were, of course, centered around the latest developments of the inflation dynamics once again, as this unfortunately continues to be the main market driver at the moment. We have been emphasizing for a while now that we think Western policymakers will finally have to settle for a new normal of 3% plus inflation and abandon their long-term target of 2% and below. We now have received some support for this thesis by the Cleveland Fed, as it published a working paper concluding that core personal consumption expenditure inflation would moderate to only 2.75% by the end of 2025. 
if the Fed would indeed attempt to reduce inflation down to 2%, unemployment rate would effectively have to double from its current readings, an outcome that is out of the question for the US administration. Okay, so what does that mean for the Fed policy going forward then, Nicola? Well, first and foremost, we expect Fed action and Fed communication to be two different pairs of shoes going forward. If they want to maintain their hard-earned inflation-fighting credibility, the Fed cannot suddenly admit to having limited control over aggregate supply and revise their stated inflation objective easily. We thus do not expect the Fed to outrightly announce a change in its inflation objective in the near future. Rather, the Fed will eventually quietly accept a structurally higher inflation, carefully balancing its rhetoric along the way in a context of its dual mandate of price stability and maximum employment. So what are the implications for markets? Yeah, good question. We assume that markets will probably continue to jump between growth and inflation concerns, and they will probably continue to overreact to new data releases. We think that investors should try not to be distracted by the short-term volatility and they should focus on the overarching inflation trend, which still continues to point south. Okay, and last but not least, have there been any uh, changes to the asset allocation this week, Nicola? No, we actually haven't changed anything to our asset allocation since the beginning of the year, as we are still pretty comfortable with our risk load. And as said, we do not believe in reacting to the short-term noise in the markets. However, one sector that we have been looking at closer lately is the European banking sector. The higher net interest margin that solidly financed banks can achieve look very attractive, and we think that they could be an interesting possibility to reap the benefits of higher bank lending rates in the Eurozone. That's it from my side. Back to you, Jonti. Thank you very much, Nicola, for the update. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in, and please do join us again tomorrow when we'll have an update on currencies from Ting Gagey. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Baer experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.